Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the ACC Now podcast. I'm Steve Wiseman uh, from the News and Observer, the Duke beat writer for the paper. And I'm pleased uh, to welcome today Mike Elko, the, uh, I was going to say new Duke football coach. He's been on the job two months now, so I guess he's not, it's still new until he coaches the game, right? But anyway, Mike, um, it's a real pleasure to have you on uh, our podcast. And welcome to the Triangle. How are you today? I'm great. I pre- I I I, uh, I would prefer undefeated Duke head football coach for the next. There you seven go. Months. You can work that way. <laughs> there you go. That's a great way to put it. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to ask you. Um, you know, uh, you had impressions of Duke from afar before you got the job, and as you were going through the process of of being hired. Now that you've been around for two months, um, what are your impressions of of what you've seen and what what you know about the program now? Yeah, I, I think it's everything that I thought it was. I think um, I think we've kind of gotten our, a feel for what we're capable of do, doing in recruiting, uh, capable of what the brand can can do and how far it can reach. Um, I think we're we're optimistic about where we can take this thing very quickly. Uh, it's been nice to get around our players a little bit more here in the last week or so, uh, and get to know them and, and continue that process here through the rest of February. And um, just just think this was everything I, I hoped it would be when I took the job. And mentioned in talking to the players and getting to know them now, um, you know, what kind of feedback do you get from them? They've been through a lot the last couple of years. They obviously didn't win like they wanted to. There's no question about yeah. that. But um, just uh, what, what what are they telling you about what they want to do and what they want to accomplish? Yeah, I, I think they're just hungry to change the narrative. I, I think some of them, especially the older ones, were here um, when Duke was thought of a little bit different four years ago, five years ago, when, when they were in the stretch of, competing for bowl games every year and playing at a little bit higher level than we have the last couple seasons. And um, I think those guys are just excited to change the narrative. And I think young guys are just hungry for a new direction and, and new vision and new opportunity. And that's not to say anything negative about the previous group. I just think um, these guys are wanting to change the direction of the last couple of years. And, and I think they're hungry to do that. And I know um, you've been on the road quite a bit recruiting um, you were back in Texas with your family, I think for the holidays. Right. So, um, what, but have you had a time for a, for a favorite triangle moment yet? Have you a favorite restaurant? Have you been to the Deepak to a show Had time for that or anything? Or? No, no, no. I can get, I can get from the Waduke to campus. That's the, uh, that's not, not the extent of it. I, we had a chance. I'll tell you, we had a chance during some official visits to go out and do some things. And, um, we were at the grub Durham breakfast for breakfast one morning and, and yeah. thought that was a great, uh, place to go. And, you know, we've been to Tobacco Road with some recruits a couple of times. And um, so we have gotten a chance in that regard to go out and see some of what Durham has to offer. But uh, in terms of personal experiences, no, I've, I've been to, to the to the hotel and to work. It's about the extent of me. I got you. Um, what do you envision the identity of this program being? I guess, particularly on defense, that's where your background is. Um, is that the identity, you know, strong defense or just what do you expect that to be? No, I, I think our identity is going to be on both sides of the ball. It's going to be about physicality and toughness. I think those are going to be things that, that we really want to base this on. And then we want to be fundamentally extremely sound with what we're doing technique-wise. And then we want to have schemes that, that kind of allow our playmakers to make plays. I think that's the biggest thing that we're looking for is, is do we have the opportunity within our offensive and our defensive schemes to make sure that it's our playmakers that are in positions to make the plays. I think that's that sounds simple or, or sounds archaic to some degree, but it's really a reality. I think that's the biggest thing that we've got to make sure we're doing as coaches is taking advantage of the guys that, that are the strength of our program. And, uh, you know, as you put together the staff, 
uh, the, the 10 countable coaches, all that stuff. The one, the lone holdover from the old staff was Trooper Taylor. And those of us who've been around Troop know, you know, him's a passionate, talented coach, yeah. experienced. Just what convinced you that he, that you needed to keep him on? Yeah. I mean, obviously I, I've known of Troop for a long time and we have a lot of mutual connections and that, that always helps. I think anytime you're, you're thinking about hiring a coach and you want to make sure that there's someone you know and trust that knows him and, and is willing to stand at the table and vouch for him. And Troop certainly had a lot of people that were willing to do that. And then just witnessing him firsthand in, in my first couple of weeks on the job, just the passion he has for Duke and the excitement he has for where Duke can go and the connection he has with young men, both in our building and in recruiting, um, really stood out to me. And so real excited he decided to stay and be part of this thing with us. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that uh, early on around your time of your hiring, Nina King and Art Chase both said, you know, facility upgrades are needed um, in, in some ways. Um, I mean, even if a coaching change didn't happen, I know that was being discussed. But, you know, what are your thoughts on on what's being discussed for the Yo Football Center? And have you had a chance to discuss any of this with boosters as they try to get the money raised for this project? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a couple of things. I think the first thing, and, and we're, we're in the, the process of doing this already, is a short-term fix to, to just kind of accentuate a little bit better the space that we actually have. And so uh, I think in the next five to six months, you'll start seeing some things get done around the Yo building right away that, that aren't of the grand variety, but will at least um, start to show some, some improvements in some different ways that we can showcase the space that we have. And, and I've told everybody that I've spoken to the same thing. I think the next big project, and really I think the last big project for Duke football is just how we house our football program, staff and players, and, and whether that is um, a large expansion to the Yo or, or potentially something even a little bigger than that, and maybe a standalone building. Um, I think that's the next conversation that needs to be had. And I think those, those conversations are ongoing and, and we'll come up with a plan here in the next couple of months and, and then launch it. As you've moved through your career, you know, you were at um, you know, some smaller schools, right? Bowling Green and, and, and uh, Richmond and then uh, at Wake and then Notre Dame and Texas A&M. Um, how have facilities and, and as much money is spent on facilities budget, how have you seen that? I guess you've seen it change a lot, <laughs> but how yeah. has that impacted you? How it's changed and, and yeah. how you, what we use that as far as you try to build the Duke program? Yeah, I just, I think that everything has to be in line with the university. And I, and I do, I believe that. I think some universities need to pour millions upon millions upon millions every year to facilities because it's the biggest selling point they have. Um, that's not going to be the case at Duke, right? Duke is going to sell something always a little bit bigger than a building or a, a putt-putt that we have attached to our student center or whatever the case may be. And that's not to, to, to take shots or say that's wrong. However people do it, it's different. But Duke is Duke, and it's a little different. Now, I do think we need to, to make sure that we're staying on the cutting edge and providing the best student-athlete experience we can. But um, my opinion, I think maybe sometimes at a place like this, there's a little bit too much made of facilities because at the end of the day, uh, we're going to provide people an opportunity to go play in the NFL. We're going to provide people an opportunity to get an unbelievable degree that are going to open doors for the rest of their life. Um, and that that will carry a lot of weight in recruiting. Yeah, speaking of NFL, I mean, uh, Duke has several guys that are in the league right now, um, maybe more now than any time in their history. Uh, yeah. Have you had a chance to communicate or, or connect with some of those guys? Do you know any of those players much? Or No, that, that process hasn't started yet. I think okay. um, I've had a chance to reach out to some donors, and, and we've started the ball rolling. Um, we've had some, some Zooms with some former players. 
Um, but I don't know that we've necessarily gotten everywhere we wanted to go yet in those avenues. I think now that we finally have the staff settled, I think we're down to only like four or five positions left to hire. Uh, I think that's creating a little bit more time to move into that direction. And I did want to ask you about the staff too, and, and not um, specifically anybody in particular, but just your idea of um, some of the non-coaching positions that you've added, some of the yeah. you know recruiting director, or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jobs that we really didn't see previously at Duke. Kind of, yeah. what was your thought process in making sure that those those hires were made? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a couple different couple different avenues that that create that. One, I think when you see all the positions that we're hiring recruiting, I think it's an understanding that recruiting is a three hundred sixty five day job. Um, no different than an offensive coordinator. No different than a defensive coordinator. You need a full time recruiting coordinator in this building and, and someone who is thinking about recruiting. 365 days and, and we were fortunate to get Derek Miller to join us to do that. And then um, then you kind of just even branch that off and you say, you know, we need people that are, are responsible every day for the logistics of how we're visiting people. Are we doing it as good as we can possibly do it? You know, and that's that on-campus recruiting department. And then, you know, you're trying to create a department that's scouting and making sure we're evaluating film at a very high level. And then you're trying to create a, a department that's working on branding and social media and graphics content. And, you know, basically, if, if you look at a football staff and you say it takes 10 people to run an offense and a defense, in my opinion, it should take the same amount of people to run recruiting. And that's kind of what we had set up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know you guys uh, worked a lot on this, this class, bringing it in. You had 16 guys that were previously committed uh, to the former staff that you guys held on to. You added two more. Uh, last week to give it a, a nice class of 18. Um, we talked to you about, about that last week, but just uh, just give our listeners, uh, you know, what you feel about what that group's going to bring to Duke football. Yeah, I, I think we've got a really balanced group coming in. I think we've got guys that certainly can provide a lot of value to what we're trying to do. And, and you know, we're, we're spread out evenly across positions. So I think it's going to give us roster balance. And, and there's guys that I think in that group can be really dynamic football players and there's a lot of really good kids that fit the Duke model and, and what we're looking to be about, you know, and uh, we were excited, obviously, that those guys stuck with us and decided to be part of this thing. And then uh, the next step would be, you know, the transfer portal, right? You've got, yeah. you got some people from Duke that are in it uh, and maybe you want to hang on to, maybe not, we'll see. But then also you want to attract uh, new, new, new players into it too. Yeah. Uh, what's your approach to that going to be? Yeah, I, I think we're going to be selective and, and try to identify ways that we can help our roster and develop our roster. But um, there's no easy fix to this thing. There's there's going to be a process for us to develop this roster to get it to where we want it to go. And um, there certainly will be guys in the portal that can help. But I, I don't know that there's necessarily um, this quick fix that maybe everyone thinks there is or, or that people are looking for. Uh, at the end of the day, we just got to identify kids that are going to help this roster head in the right direction, both short term and long term, because I do think we're, we're, we're eyes on both of those visions. But but, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily snap your finger and pull 13 things out of the transfer portal and, and become a much more competitive roster. I think there's a little more to it than that. Right. Um, and I know we're a few weeks away here from spring football practice starting. Right. So, yeah, um, what uh, uh, I guess I do want to start with. One position, quarterback. Obviously, everybody talks about yeah. quarterback. Whoever's going to start for Duke's going to be their fifth starting quarterback in the last five years. Um, yeah. So obviously, there's not a, con- a lot of continuity uh, with Gunnar Homer transferring out. So, um, wh- what have you seen from what's on the roster so far, uh, and what are your thoughts about that position as you head into spring ball? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, a quarterback is an essential position to, to what you're trying to do on offense. That goes without saying. But uh, we're going to take our time. You know, we're going to give each of those kids an opportunity to go out and showcase what they can do. I think each of them has a slightly different skill set. Um, you know, and so you're going to have to be a little bit creative with how you allow them to accentuate what they do really well. Um, but you're going to give those kids a chance. You can try to figure out what, which one you can build the best, most productive, successful offense around and then, you know, tailor your scheme around who the guy is, is pulling the trigger for you at quarterback. Have you been able to watch, I guess, much film of last year's team? Have you watched all the games yet? Or yeah. Uh, yep. that? Yep. I figured yep. you probably had. So just, um, I mean, obviously we know what the results were. Just what were your takeaways from some of the things you see that like maybe, okay, we could build on that. That's, yeah, you know, that's not a three and nine type thing. No, I, you know, I think, I think you watch the film and you watch it a couple of different ways. I think one, you just watch it to get a feel for, you know, what these kids have been asked to do, maybe what they've done and and, and the things that you see or, or the first glimpses that you see. Um, but you also try not to paint too strong a picture in your mind of, of what they are, you know, cause you know, there's a lot of circumstances that go into things when, when the season starts going like last year went. And so, um, you know, I think some, some things jump out and say, Oh, that's, that's something we can build on. And, or that's an impressive player. That's an impressive player or, stuff like that. And, and, you know, but you try not to put too much into it. The majority of our evaluation is going to come from what we see this winter and workouts and what we see this spring on the field. Um, I do want to dip back into your past for a second and ask about um, the last two stops in your career with working for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame and then Jimbo Fisher down at Texas A&M. What are a couple of things from each of them that maybe you, you learned that you saw that maybe you different or maybe you're going to carry forward in your career? Yeah, I, the two things I, two things that, that I learned extremely well from Brian was, you know, one, just how to manage a national brand and how to manage the expectations and pressures that come along with that. Because obviously that was really the first time in my career where some of those external pressures that, that a fan base or social media or things of that nature can really crank on a kid. Um, you know, and then I learned a lot from, from Brian about just kind of how to, manage a large organization you know notre dame was a very big group we had a lot of coaches a lot of analysts and quality controls a big recruiting department um and that was really the first experience i had on how to link all of those departments together into one vision and get everyone kind of heading in the right direction and then you know jimbo you know i learned a lot of x's and o's i think jimbo is is a brilliant x's and o's coach and so you know just going against him on a daily basis offense versus defense was you know, really taught me a lot about both sides of the ball, to be honest with you. I learned as much about offense working for him as I did about defense. And mm. so certainly those are things that I'll, I'll draw on. And then the, the pace and tenacity of recruiting that's needed to recruit at that level. And, and, you know, I think when you get the exposure to that and you see what that's all about and you play a role in bringing in the number one recruiting class in the country, um, I think those are obviously things that you can bring with you into, into any way you go. Yeah. And then kind of a, a bigger picture question here about, about college football as a whole. I know that, you know, there's a lot of changes coming to college yeah. sports. I mean, they're coming fast and furious and um, just, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on, on where college sports are headed? Are they, are we getting a more professional model or uh, is it still education based the best way? I mean, there's NIL, there's a lot of things here going on. Yeah. I think <laughs> someone better figure it out quick. Yeah. Um, which direction we're wanting to go. Cause I think right now we're, we're speeding down a hill and, and there's not a lot of guardrails and I don't know that anyone really 
has a clear picture of what we're actually trying to accomplish. So anytime you're, you're going really fast and you don't know what exactly you're trying to do, you can potentially create a lot of bad situations. And so I, I think, you know, we're going to need some help with NCA legislation here really quick just to get a feel for what are we trying to get accomplished and, and how are we trying to do it? Because, you know, right now it just seems like we're, we're um, opening up an awful lot of floodgates without a lot of uh, uh, catch-alls or, or ways to prevent them from overflowing. What are parents asking you out on the recruiting trail about this? Is this, is this a major topic of conversation with all the uh, No, I think it's more, it's more on the internal end on how we manage things. Like, like how do we manage a transfer portal that's open 365 days a year? You know, there's no sport in America that has open access free agency every day of the year, except college athletics right now. Or how do we, um, how do we handle roster management when, you know, we're, we have these old regulations on caps and numbers and how many kids we can bring in and the rules of the game have changed dramatically. Um, and I think those are some of the things that, that, that are, are happening on our end. I think from the outside looking in, I think, I think, you know, um, the, the balance of power has shifted drastically to the player and that's okay. They deserve a lot of this stuff, but you know, somebody better just kind of rein this thing in and get it a little bit more updated to it to the current state of affairs that's kind of what we're struggling with as coaches yeah um again our guest is, is mike elko uh, duke's football coach we're going to have time for a couple more questions here and uh um you worked uh you know for dave clausen over at at wake forest uh for a few years before you went to to notre dame i've always considered duke and wake to be kind of an underrated rivalry i think it's kind of under the radar they're private schools um uh, small fan bases, but, uh, you know, kind of you recruit the same kind of kids a lot of times. Right. And so yeah. I, I just wondered what your thought was for being on that side of it. Now you're on, now you're on the Duke side and, you know, you play guys play every year. So you're going to be meeting up with, with coach Clausen, who I know you, who thinks a lot of you and you think a lot of him. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll never turn away from the Chapel Hill rivalry. I think that's, yes. uh, that's always going to be first and foremost in our eyes and, and you know, but the, the weight game certainly will have, a lot of special meaning to me, if nothing else, um, you know, going against a bunch of people that you know in a, in a place that you're very familiar with. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what our kids think of it. I haven't gotten that far down the rabbit hole with them, but, um, you know, I think obviously it's a game we play every year against the in-state school, and it's something that we'll put a lot of priority in and make sure that we try to come out on top. But you've already learned about the, the, the number one rivalry, so that sounds like you're- I, I, think, I'm, I, think, I'm all, I think I'm all set with that one. <laughs> I think I got that one. I think I got that one very, very well enhanced. Dude. Wait till Carolina fans accost you in the grocery store. That's what happens in this. You know, we're all I, the same. I already, got, already got it on the way out of the Dome the other day. So, oh, I very good. First, I got my first taste of it the other night. <laughs> A wonderful thing. All right. Well, Mike, listen. Thank you again for for taking the time to join us here on the ACC Now podcast. Uh, best of luck in your first season here at Duke, and uh, look forward to seeing you at spring football practice. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Okay. Having me. Thank you.